is Mark David Noble. Today I'm talking with Matthew Posey, an actor, writer, director, and founder of Ochre House Theater. We're here at Ochre House in the heart of Dallas, just outside of Fair Park. Matthew, could you tell me, how did Ochre House begin? Um, we opened up in 2008, and uh, actually I had just come back from uh, um, Los Angeles, and uh, I came back here for work as an actor, and I walked by this place and I saw it and I thought, well, I should open up another theater. I had opened up a theater called the Deep Elm Theater Garage back in the 80s. Right. And so in 2008, we, we opened up and uh, it's been going gangbusters since. Of course, there's Ochre House, but what would you consider to be your professional family now, your professional theater family? Who would you call your support system? Oh, definitely. The, uh, we have a large demographic, but it's, it's, uh, it's a unique uh, we get a unique audience in here um, in terms of uh, the demographics because a lot of them are first-time theater goers. So when they come into the theater, um, they, they really have an experience. And since it's so intimate, uh, there's kind of a sense of ownership that the audience has. Um, a lot of neighborhood, uh, since Expo Park has a lot of businesses and a lot of people who live around here. Um, but as far as the company is concerned, I really came across probably the best, finest, talented actors in Dallas, and they're all uh, young, up and coming. <laughs> How did you meet some of your staff and your... Well, some are dear friends. Uh, for instance, Kevin Grammer and Carla Parker. Right. I've known them for years. I've known Justin for years, actually, and I've known Mitchell for years. So um, they kind of, we kind of come with a history. Um, as far as as far as working here is concerned, but as far as getting uh, other actors and company members, um, I don't audition. I usually have a lunch with them. I usually get to know them, and that's when I'm able to say, "Well, would you like to be in the next show?" What are some shows you've seen in the last year outside of this house that that you enjoyed? Oh, oh gosh, um, I, I do go to Karamia. Uh, productions a lot and also I enjoy the Undermain uh, oh. they have a lot of productions that I, I really do enjoy just across the board sure so much good stuff what writers have been the most influential to you do you think um gosh that's a good one I think uh I think the most influential as of late has been Bolaño um and his detective novels uh, just because they have their own uh, he, he's a very theatrical writer um, and uh, yet at the same time just the imagery that he creates with his novels are are incredible um, as a matter of fact there's a bookstore called Wild Detectives which is one of his um, big novels but I'd say I was probably more these days influenced by him and just the fact, too, that his prose are amazing. Like I said, his imagery and uh, subject matters, which are, I find fascinating. Sure, and an incredible voice, too. That yes. Voice is just is basically the identity and lifeblood of any writer, hopefully. Yes. And uh, there's no doubt there's a voice there. Yes, that's, a, that's so true. That's so true. What could you tell us about the school and university theater life here in Texas? What kind of opportunities are available for young actors and writers? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, I'm not too, uh, I'm not really too up on universities, but I do know that UTD brings out a lot of uh, good actors, and I know that SMU has a good program, um, but uh, I would say those are two, probably two of the top ones. Um, University of Dallas, uh, um, University of Texas in Dallas, 
uh, has a, a, a really uh, experimental, um, cutting edge, more cutting edge program, I think. Um, and I contribute that to the fact that Fred Kerchak teaches there. There's a lot of people who teach there that are very influential and very cutting edge. Tell us about the relationship between writers and politics, you know, and art and politics. Well, um, I had a mentor. I have a mentor. I had a mentor uh, when I was first starting out in theater. And uh, basically he said that just by its nature, the fact of what theater is, is political. Um, because we are indeed political by nature. Um, I, I don't think there's any way of getting around it. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to delve into politics, but it does mean that, that we view the world in a political way. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. Do you think theater naturally uh, promotes uh, finding a particular point of view? I think it's a beautiful social tool. Um, it's one of the best social tools I think that we have at hand. And I know that, you know, um, especially in El Salvador and uh, different places across the world, uh, street theater has been used to um, in forms of protest against regimes. And I think it's very effective. I'd like to talk about new plays for a second. Since okay. What could you tell us about your draft process and, and workshops, table reads, just getting a, a new work ready for the stage? Well, I began with uh, what I like to call copious notes. Um, I got my master's in screenwriting at the American Film Institute. Right. And I uh, had a very good teacher there who, by the name of uh, Leslie Stevens. And he basically taught me the form of, of playwriting and screenwriting. Um, but my approach usually is taking copious notes that in other words it's the same effect of a, if you get an idea you write it down on a napkin right i do the same thing but i just carry a journal around when i get ideas they may not pertain or they may pertain it's just an idea that i might have after that i might find a theme and or a subject or something that i want to entertain like for instance let's just say a hunter s thompson so I wrote a play called 14 Death Defying Acts because the copious notes, I wrote down 14 Death Defying Acts. And I was able to, as, uh, as the writer says, I, I was able to let these ideas swarm. And I usually write at the very last moment because you do, for me anyway, I do most of the writing in my head. Um, I'll go through and edit and draft and, and these things, um, maybe write down other notes. Right. But when it comes down to the actual writing, I usually take, uh, usually it takes me a week or two weeks to, to actually write the body and content. Um, a lot of times here, since, since original work is such a process for us, um, I usually don't finish the play until I hear the actors tackle it. So a lot of times the actors don't know or, or I'm trying to find the ending to the play um, and Usually we find it around uh, a week and a half before we open, and uh, it becomes very fresh, very alive, and, and the actors really are, are good at, at uh, just bringing it to life and, you know, it's immediate. I can say this, is that we certainly don't over-rehearse anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, so many people have said that, that uh, your draft is a script, but it's not a play until people make it a play. That's true. I think that's true. I think it's. I think that basically scripts are are a map, um, and that are are used as a tool for for 
performance, and that's really what the Elker House is about. We're really um, more performance-oriented than, say, uh, through the literature or through, through the spoken word. Sure. And on a good day, it's a treasure map. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> what would you say is important to you as a director? What are your personal priorities for directing a play? I think it's just giving vision. I, I think that's the real job of an artistic director is to provide some kind of leadership and to, and to also be able to present a vision, um, a vision of originality, and also to give the actor a chance to do his job. Um, a lot of times uh, actors get dictated into a role um, as opposed as to the demands of what the director wants. Um, we kind of approach it differently here. I try to find what's inside of them, where their instincts are toward a certain character, and I try to build around that as opposed to me imposing what I think it should be. That sounds a lot like when I talk with writers and they tell me that their characters define the story, mm -hmm. not the writer. Do you that's think true. that's also true of theater? I think so. I think the actor actually tells the story. I, I, every time I've written a play, the play in my head usually isn't what ends up on stage. It's because of the influence of the actors and their performance. Yeah. When you're producing theater here in Dallas, what does it take to survive as an arts organization? How do you manage fundraising and just all the nuts and bolts that it takes to keep the lights on? Well, we keep vigilant, and I have an excellent board of directors. You know, they find resources and delegate. Um, it's a wonderful organization, um, and it's amazing where we're able to find support and to find, uh, find out where the money is. And also, the other thing is, is that we've got a very good um, publicity staff um, and they're very good at getting things out and now that social media is there you know that's a bit of a fight but you can clamor to the top or get you know get, get seen in the big social media of such as Facebook and other other venues um, but we are diligent about that and we we also keep in touch with our audience base uh, right. through through emails and through, through doing that um, Invariably, we get a lot of donations from theater, uh, theater supporters who come out, patrons who come out, and we get a lot of, uh, you know, just donations on the fly. What would you tell the community about the mission of Oker House and, and why it's important to support that, that voice here in Dallas? Well, you know, I think, it's, I think the main thing is, is that we're trying to bring a revival to the arts in and of itself, um, not just to redo um, a play that everyone knows. We're trying to find and, and break new ground in those terms. <clears throat> and it seems to be a trend, actually. You know, we're not the only one. Oker House is not the only one doing this. Uh, there's a lot of good theaters out there that are, are pursuing the same things. You know, um, you know, I always thought, a lot of times, um, you'll go to the theater because you heard of the play before, like a Horton Foot play or right. something like that, and you're going there to see the play, and it doesn't matter who's in it, how the acting is, what the kind of production is. You want to go see the play itself. That play becomes like an old friend. You're just visiting that right, friend. Right, visiting again. And that's going to be a wonderful evening. It can be delightful. Um, but I think here at the Elgar House, people come here to see an actor perform. Um, they'll come because Justin Locklear is doing something or that Mitchell Parrick is doing something or Kevin or Carla are in the show. Um, and a lot, that brings out a lot of people and it brings out a lot of the industry as well. We've, we get a lot of theater people that come here to see the shows. 
in some ways it becomes like a house band and and a different week different right. people are being featured on the stage no that's very true that's very true uh-huh. <laughs> well speaking of new work what could you tell us about the new play picasso yes picasso the matador de malaga um it's a wonderful piece we always collaborate with the dallas film uh, dallas flamenco festival right and uh delilah uh arabola and Antonio Arabola um, are the prim, uh, premier dancers of the festival, and uh, they're world class. We always bring in people from Spain and from Argentina, um, Portugal. We bring in these these world class uh, performers to do flamenco, and we collaborate on the level that I usually write a play around their performances. Um, it's mind blowing. The, the what they do as dancers are and, and performers, the guitarist and, and the singer, are moving, intimate, um, profound. And um, I've never seen a performance that I just didn't almost you know um, just become blown away by. Um, and it's really a pleasure to work with the Dallas Flamenco Festival. Uh, and Antonio and Delilah in particular because it's such a good collaboration and we always just try to find usually an iconic figure um, to write about a day in the life of or to to do something that that supports the the dance I would say the main thing is that this is Picasso is a dance piece supported by a dramatic setting beautiful mm-hmm and what's going to be next here at Oker House after Matador? After Matador, we have um, uh, Carla Parker, because we've started this program where um, our core members are actually um, writing plays as well, writing original stuff. We're, we're trying to really expand that. So we have Carla Parker, who's coming up with a, a wonderful uh, comedy um, called uh, Captain Cockadoodle, and uh, that's coming up this summer. And then I'll have a play coming up after that. Um, I'll be writing a play called The Original Man, which is about uh, kind, of a, kind of a skew on the rock and roll world um, and taking uh, through the light or through the eyes of, of um, the lesser known, well, not lesser known, but the bands that were, you've, well, put it this way, you've got the Rolling Stones, you've got the Beatles. Right. I'm kind of taking the advantage or t- looking at it through the eyes of, say, Joe Cocker or yeah. uh, the Animals, the Guess yeah. Who, um, the, the, the lesser-known bands are the ones that there. So it's kind of an inter- interesting thing like that. So we have a wonderful lineup for this season, and uh, it's really going to be nice. I'm looking forward to Carla's piece on, on Captain Cockadoodle. Um, should be a wonderful piece. Um, that she's doing so that sounds great i can't wait yeah now could you remind everybody where to get information and tickets for okra house yes as a matter of fact um we have we have a website uh dot org, and uh you can purchase tickets there or also on facebook you can click like um become follower on facebook um and um we're also um in most of the uh I guess what you'd call like uh, art and seek, things like that. Sure. But that's the main way to to get a hold of us is through our website. Matthew, thank you so much for sitting down here with me today. Well, thank you. I've got to say, first and foremost, I'm a huge fan of, of Okra <laughs> House and always glad to be sitting in one of these chairs. Oh, great. Well, thank you, Mark. I do appreciate that. And I can't wait to see what comes next. 
Me too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.